it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. It is Illinois week, Penn State football fans. It's the Blue White Breakdown podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, one of the top fans of the Dallas Cowboys who had a nice little week, no big deal, humble brag. Joined by Philadelphia Eagles fan Johnny McGonigal. Johnny, you look fabulous. We're going to go on the road this week to face an Illinois team. We're not facing them. Penn State's facing them. They don't really have their act together yet, Johnny, but Penn State fans know it, right? You don't have to go back very far to uh, fear Illinois. Two years ago, I would say maybe the worst loss of the James Franklin era occurred uh, at Beaver Stadium. Illinois was like 25-point underdogs, and they beat him in nine overtimes. So uh, there's a lot of different ways to look, Johnny, at this game Saturday. 11 a.m. kick for the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. It'll be a noon kick on the East Coast, but we're going to be in the middle of – or close to the middle of the country. But, Johnny, what did you what did you take away maybe from what James Franklin had to say, not just about Illinois, but his football team? Yeah, Bob, you mentioned that that 2021 game. I mean, that was uh, historic for all the wrong reasons. Ooh. If you're a Penn State fan, uh, this weekend it, it's not going to be it's not going to go down the NCAA record books, but it is noteworthy and historic in a sense from a program perspective. Uh, it's Drew Aller's first road start uh, as Penn State's starting quarterback. Uh, you know, we were able to talk to Drew Aller earlier this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, just before James took the you know the podium uh, for his uh, Tuesday press conference, I, I just think it's it's worth discussing. You know, Drew two games in as a starter, uh, obviously looked very good against the West, against West Virginia in the season opener, throwing for three hundred twenty five yards, three touchdowns, looked efficient, poised, calm. What you wanted to see against Delaware didn't really have to do too much, really, with. You know, Singleton and Catron combining for four rushing touchdowns on the opening four drives. But, you know, I just think he's shown a lot of poise and, and he's playing, you know, just calm football right now and, uh, and and composed football. And that's what you that's what you're going to need to see out of him when he goes on the road for the first time uh, and plays Illinois this weekend. 11 a.m. local kick. You know, there's some, some, some factors that go into that now. Uh, Illinois is also a defense that got torn apart by Kansas last week. So, you know, from a talent perspective, from a game perspective, he might not have too many issues, but it's something to keep an eye on and something that I'm sure we'll discuss. I think, you know, the the line's about 14 points. It opened at 13 and a half. Illinois, it, and it's, you know, not to get all matchup-y, but Brett Bielema knows how to win in the Big Ten. His team lost a lot of talent off the uh, the 2022 team. And I think that there were a couple of those guys, I think, that were loomed large in that 20, 
2021 upset. Chase Brown has the uh, the the uh, at Beaver Stadium has the most rushing yards in a game by an opponent all time uh, from that game. Um, and it was just it, from a style from a style uh, standpoint, Johnny. Brett knows his team needs to play better. The defense hasn't been good, but they have some. They still have some two really good defensive linemen uh, on their team. One of them might be a first round pick. I think he will be. And you know, it's it's one of those things that I think they're going to be a little bit more focused. I remember out of Big Ten media days, there were some prominent people that thought maybe they could actually win the Big Ten West. I don't know what it says about the Big Ten West, but a lot of people like their chances, and they do if they want to. I think Brett, they they could play a specific style that could could maybe slow the game down. I don't think Penn State and James Franklin are really concerned about it. And and I think you mentioned the guy, why they're not so concerned about it. I think with a healthy Drew Aller and an improved offensive line and two really good running backs, Penn State can play you any way you want to play them. If you if you want to try and if you want to try and you know minimize their possessions, you can do that, but you better get ahead early. This is a team I think that is is really built to convert on third down if it's short yardage. They have a lot of weapons in the passing game. For me, Johnny, I'm fascinated to see. I think there's a good chance on Saturday we're going to see some good on good action with our guy Olu Fashanu. I think he's going to knock heads two of the best interior linemen in the Big Ten. You know, the Newton kid is a guy that can play inside or outside, and they really like him. Keith Randolph's another player. And, and I think there's going to be some situations where Olu is going to find himself going against a guy where you know, the other guy's good too, not, not taking nothing away from Olu. He's just that good. But he, he's finally going to, maybe since, I don't know, the Michigan, the Michigan game last year or maybe the Ohio State game before he got hurt, he just hasn't really had to deal with some guys that are really on his level. Yeah, on the topic of Olu, and you mentioned uh, Newton, Jerzon Newton, and he goes by Johnny Newton. Great name. Great choice. <laughs> Uh, there from Newton, uh, he's one of the best defensive tackles in the country. You know, yeah, he he might get you know some snaps on Olu uh, if he's you know twisting out or you know um, you know looping to the outside, little twist on the inside. If I if I'm Illinois, I'm I'm taking my chances with him against anyone else other than Olu Olu Fashnu, uh, who is considered by many as the best tackle, the best offensive line. Uh, in the 2024 NFL draft class. So uh, this could be a big challenge for J.B. Nelson at left guard uh, at center, Hunter Norzad, who's been dealing with some bumps and bruises. And we saw Nick Dawkins get in there against Delaware. At right guard, Sal Wormley, the veteran. We've also seen Vengayon to get in at guard as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they rotate those guys. And even it, and especially if they're able to get a lead, you know, get Vanga reps against a player like Newton, you know, in Big Ten play on the road. And and so I think this is going to be a, a good test for Penn State's offensive line after, you know, West Virginia didn't really have much other than just the, you know, the, the cover zero, the blitzes. Uh, Delaware, talent-wise, just didn't have anything that really challenged them all too much. They were able to run the ball methodically the way they wanted to do it. And and look, if Drew comes under pressure, like he did at some points in the West Virginia game, and we we commented at the time about how well he looked throwing on the run and how comfortable he was, uh, that could be the case again um, at Illinois. And so, you know, when we were talking to him today, uh, he said that after two starts, he just feels more comfortable in the offense, more comfortable in the scheme. The more reps, the better 
you feel, uh, which makes sense. Uh, and he really emphasized that back in May, you know, he and the wide receivers, guys like Keandre Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace, they would get up at eight in the morning, you know, get out in the field at eight in the morning before their classes, before workouts, and run routes and focus on three to five routes per day. And he said that that's really paying dividends right now already early in the season. They pay dividends in fall camp and pay dividends in their preparation uh, coming into this year. And so under, you know, it's not like Illinois is playing at Michigan or Ohio State, uh, but it's still a road game, it's still a test uh, for this team, uh, for, this, for this young quarterback, for this offensive line. Uh, and then for a defense, too, that you know, they're going up against a dual threat quarterback in Luke Altmyer, who you know, threw a couple of picks against Kansas, n- neither of which really his fault. I mean, one was a desperation heave on fourth line, the other was a tip pass. But he's a guy who just ran for a 72-yard touchdown last week. And so uh, I'm interested to see defensively as well uh, how those DNs get upfield and pressure him and also keep contained, keep their lanes, and uh, stay, stay disciplined as well. Sure thing. Hey, our man Matt or our, our man Mel Kuyper, uh, just just to follow up on Newton in his little uh, in his little uh, insider uh, evaluation grab bag, was talking about Newton, and he said he claim he claims he's played a bunch of right end. Now I don't know. I don't see a lot of Illinois football. The guy's about two hundred and ninety five pounds. If he can play end though, and he does play end, you might be right, Johnny. But if he can play end, I wonder if they would put him against. Uh, Caden Wallace, because that might be a matchup that might not be great for Penn State. But Penn State does have those two tight ends who could always help in a pinch. But I do think the Illinois defensive line is going to be a nice test, a very nice test for Penn State's offensive line. And Olu didn't play, as you said, did not play much against Delaware. It was wise maybe to keep him on a pitch count. I think they had Norzad out of there pretty quickly, too. Makes a lot of sense. I think they probably had this game in mind specifically because even though Illinois might not be able to match Penn State player for player, they do have some players capable of wrecking a game if they get loose. And uh, those two defensive linemen fit the bill. If they draw a bead on Drew Aller and get a shot on him, it can change the guess. As Jets fans learned last night, even though they won the game, the season can change on one play in an instant, and hopefully that will not be the case. Uh, for Penn State in Champaign. Hey, hey, Johnny, while we, while we continue to talk about James Franklin's news conference, I just wanted to remind uh, the listeners and the viewers that we really want you uh, to become part of our Penn Live Penn State Football Insider text group. It's a great group. We got uh, a great initial response. There have been some stories uh, on Penn Live about joining it. You know, there's a lot of benefits to it. You'll get to hear daily from Myself, Johnny, David Jones, especially over the weekend during the game, uh, we build a lot of mailbags, I think, around our tech subscriber base and you guys to uh, to get more information and to join if you want some more information. I highly recommend it. All you have to do is text LIONS, L-I-O-N-S. That's pretty clever. See what we did there? You text LIONS to the number 717-912-9969, 717-912-9969. I think it's worth the investment. Just wanted to pass that along. Johnny, I wanted to talk just a little bit. I know Penn State fans are always curious about the true freshmen, the greens and the yellows, the reds in the James Franklin, you know, traffic light system of whether they're going to play or not. Greens are the guys that are going to play. 
more than the four uh, games allotted to redshirt at the bowl game. Yellows, they don't really want to play, but if somebody gets hurt, they're not going to be afraid to play them. And reds, they're just probably not. Basically, they're going to redshirt. They're not really ready this year. We have seen uh, some some of the true freshmen that were designated as greens. King Mac and Tony Roas being two of them. Um, there's some other players. I, there's a couple other players that are greens. And James has also asked about a promising defensive end who really flashed against Delaware, who is a yellow right now. I want to make sure I have his name pronounced right. Jamil. Jamil Lyons. It might be Jamel. Jamel Lyons, yes. He's from the Philadelphia area, I believe. Really nice-looking prospect. It's just really hard to get a read on. You know, it's one thing to do it at home against the Delaware offensive line. It's another to do it consistently and to do it. And Penn State does have a pretty, a pretty, pro, a pretty promising defensive end room. I, we still haven't seen Amin Vanover, Johnny, and maybe that's another reason why they might want to take another look a guy like Lions, but he talked about those two. He also talked about Javen Williams, the true freshman from Wyoming, missing offensive lineman. Anthony Donko also played against Delaware, and he was actually asked about Nick Dawkins too, but there's a couple of freshmen I think that are getting closer and closer to maybe challenging, maybe challenging, hopefully challenging for maybe some second team reps on the defensive side. I thought there were a couple holes uh, that emerged against Delaware, and I think Penn State James Franklin and Manny Diaz are aware of those. So uh, guys like Tony Ross and even King Mac are guys that I think if they're ready, they're going to play. Yeah, Bob, going into the season, uh, James Franklin identified four true freshmen as green light players. We talked about them before. King Mac, Elliot uh, Washington, Zion Tracy, and Tony Rojas. And those four players have played in the first two games so far. They're on track to burn their red shirts and play more than four games this year on uh, defense and special teams. You mentioned Lions, uh, Roman Catholic uh, product, defensive end, who also has played in both games. And interestingly enough, in the West Virginia game, played one snap. So when that happened, I, I kind of saw that as like an early indicator. It's like, okay, you're not going to play a kid for one snap if you don't think he's going to play more than four games and you know, burn his red shirt. Which is why I thought it was interesting when James Franklin was asked about him today that he said he's still in that yellow light category. Uh, you know, he's played in two games. Maybe he maybe he will only play in two more regular season games and then play in the bowl game be done. But I would kind of if you were to pick outside of the four that he had already identified as as a guy who's going to be greenlit, uh, Lions would be the pick at this point. I mean, he like you mentioned, you know, Delaware's offensive line is Delaware's offensive line, but uh, anyone who saw Lions' sack uh, in the second half where he just you know, came out of nowhere like a bullet train and just drove through that poor Delaware quarterback, you know, there, there's something there. And especially if Amin Vanover continues to miss time, Zariah Fisher has been that fourth defensive end, but uh, Lions could even work his way in as maybe a fifth option as a guy who can be rotated in. And so those are, those are the five that, that you're looking at as potential green light uh, four definites, one possible there. And then, you know, there was 14 or 15 total true freshmen that played uh, in the Delaware game. A lot of them, you know, not, not playing their their first action uh, for Penn State. Jackson Smollett got a few snaps. Andrew Rappel, yeah, who I've talked about before as a, as a yellow light, potential green light guy, uh, got in and actually played more snaps than Jerry Cross, the redshirt freshman tight end. Uh, so I thought that was noteworthy. 
Uh, you mentioned Javen Williams, Anthony Donka, Chim Diona also got in, uh, Dakari Nelson, uh, Lamont Payne in the defensive backfield, Gavion Keys and Tamir Robinson at, at linebacker as well. So, you know, it, it was a good opportunity in the Delaware game for them to get in as many freshmen as they could, guys who they felt were ready to play and, and healthy and all that. Yeah, I don't know how many. I don't know if you know, Keys and Robinson; those guys are gonna. They don't seem like players who are gonna play five, six, seven games for this team this year. But you never know. Uh, and so I'm gonna be interested to see first of all which freshmen travel uh, for the first road game, and then which uh, which guys ultimately get in the game at Illinois. Yep, uh, and I and it was Delaware, but I would I will say this about about Rojas and, and Mac. You mentioned Lion Sack, and that was. That was the look of a player who knows what he's doing out there, and when he gets an opening, he seizes it. Both Mac and Rojas are clearly athletes. They're clearly fast, and they they, they do they did not hesitate against Delaware. King Mac really really uh, came up nicely, uh, I think, for a tackle for loss. And Tony Rojas finds the ball in a hurry. Uh, I I think that at some point, you know, as Penn State continues to kind of settle on the two deep. Uh, that they really want to roll with at some positions. I know they like their safeties. When I when I look at the linebacker group, and once you get past the the starting three, right, Kobe King, Abdul Carter, Curtis Jacobs, I think there uh, that you could you could make a case that you know if Manny feels like Tony Rojas knows no can get lined up correctly and knows the defense. I, I think I think you can make a strong case for maybe he makes you know the second team linebacker core better. There were just a couple of signs there against Delaware where it wasn't there was a recognition problem on the touchdown, but when you when you just look at the athleticism there uh, for for maybe a couple of those players, I think I think Rojas would be an upgrade. I'm really going to be curious to see how quickly or if at all if Rojas can maybe make a move. Yeah, and you mentioned King Mack. That's a guy that, you know, whenever he was on the field on Saturday, I was keeping an eye on and you saw his speed. You saw you know, the way he's able to lay the lay the lumber and, and tackle. Uh, you know, James Franklin described him on Tuesday as, you know, saying he's fast, he's aggressive, he's violent. The ball likes him. Uh, he made plays on the ball during training camp and you'll continue you'll continue to see him gain confidence and have a really good year and his role to continue to grow and it was interesting and something that we had noted previously that he did get in as like a nickel, um, you know, on defense where, you know, Daquan Hardy has been out the last two games and, uh, you know, they've moved Johnny Dixon whenever they play nickel, which they haven't done a lot uh, so far this season. But Johnny Dixon would be the guy in terms of starter, starting players would move inside and Cam Miller would pop outside. But just something to keep an eye on uh, as King Max development continues and ha- as he continues to grow as a player uh, within this defense uh, and, and both you know, personally and, and as a collective, right. You know, figuring out his fit. Uh, I think that's an area uh, to watch, but you know, just in the Delaware game when it's like, okay, get these freshmen out there, let them play, let them run around and, and make some plays. He's one that definitely stood out. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's a freshman that continues to stand out this season. No Hardy, I think that's been significant. They have the depth, I think, to cover for uh, the loss of a veteran nickel corner like him against the likes of West Virginia and Delaware who are not really going to make their living, at least against teams like Penn State, throwing the ball. So it's not it's not that big of a deal. I like to mean Vanover. I'm not sure what the deal is, but if he's healthy, he definitely helps 
the edge rushing group for sure. And another guy I think that can help, depending on just where he's at when he comes back, if he comes back, is Kaziah Izzard. He's a guy that can 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 push the pocket, you know, can get penetration. The defensive tackle room, you know, it's it's really, really hard to get a read for how how good they were against Delaware. But uh in the West Virginia game, they were matched up against some really, really good players, not just not just, you know, in the Big Twelve nationally and I thought it was a long night for for more than a more than one or two of those guys, but the West Virginia interior offensive line is going to do that to some people all year. So I still don't know what to think, Johnny, about the defensive tackle group. I think this will be a good indicator for sure. Um, Illinois pushed Penn State around two years ago. They did have PJ Mustafer, and I think you know they have the they have they have the running game and the running quarterback to cause problems. And I'm just I'm really curious to see. I, I obviously don't I don't have a lot of worries about the defensive ends. I'm, I'm curious to see number one how Penn State handles Altmaier uh, and can they keep him in the pocket? I didn't think they did a great job with that with Garrett Green at West Virginia. James thought they played well against the quarterback at West Virginia. He just said the, he just said that guy's a lot better than people realize, and that may be the case. But I, I just think when you look at maybe keys to the game. If if it's going to be a game for Illinois, I think they're going to have to have their way inside against the middle of Penn State's defensive line. And, you know, those defensive tackles at Penn State, as Manny like said last year, we have the right to improve as a defense, and they did last year. And you, ha- you can't forget about the fact that I think this Penn State defense will just keep getting better and better as they, as they get more comfortable this year. But to me, that's a big matchup in the game is how the defensive tackles are going to play. Yeah, and within that matchup, one specific player that I'm going to be watching uh, closely this weekend is Zane Durant, uh, the sophomore uh, defensive tackle who you know, he played 170 snaps for this defense last year, got some run, but uh, was was never like the featured guy at defensive tackle. But and again, you have to you know take it with a grain of salt because it was Delaware. But I thought he looked really explosive and and really good last weekend. And if he's able to do that again and create that interior pressure, especially if Penn State, you know, not really if, but because when, because th- that, that's just the kind of talent that they have on this defense, that Illinois is going to be in third and medium to third and long this game. And you like the Prowler package. You like what you're able to do there with your Manny Diaz and create some disruption and some chaos. Uh, but, but look for Zane Durant, and if he's able to get that, that interior pass rush, use that explosiveness that he has uh, and get home. Because if if you're Altmaier and you're looking at Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, and I, Dennis Sutton on the outside at the end, and you're getting pressure from the outside, if he's able to step up and, and work the pocket through the middle uh, and buy himself that extra second or, or two uh, to you know keep his eyes downfield and make a play and extend drives, like that's what could make this a more interesting game. But if you got Zane Duran right in your face, if he's getting off his man and, and getting a fine pressure up the middle, then Altmaier might be running for his life all day. And so I really think that's a key uh, to watch in this game. The defensive line as a whole, because they weren't happy with how they played against West Virginia. We, you know, we talked to Deny Dennis Sutton after that game, you know, a couple days after, and he, he called it sloppy. Uh, that there were a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, and so this is a, a Kansas defense that had seven sacks, six or seven sacks against Illinois last week. And, I mean, Penn State has a hell of a lot more talent up front than Kansas does. And so it could be one of those performances uh, for Penn State's defensive line. They just got to play smart and, and play how Manny Diaz and 
and Deion Barnes is coaching them up. This is the Blue White Breakdown. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Johnny, let's get to one more point. I want to get your your gauge on this here on the Blue White Breakdown. Penn State visits Illinois, one and one Illinois, uh, in Champaign. Wow, what a city, Champaign! I know, Johnny, you're 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 pretty pumped to get there. Chomping at the bit, Bob. It's about two hours. What is it, southwest or south of Chicago? And I actually am kind of glad it's an 11 a.m. kick. I mean, if it was a night game, I think I'd be brooding. I just wanted to get your take on one more thing and, and see see where you are with this, but I don't want to say that Kalen King and Johnny Dixon have been bored through two games, but there just has not been a lot of activity uh, that has gone their way. Kalen King, you know what he did last year uh, was was really really impressive. He deserves all the attention he's getting, but I don't know that there's a lot of highlight tape. Uh, for Kalen this year through two games, and you can say the same for Johnny Dixon, the two the two corners that two, Penn State's two best corners. Uh, my question is, so they're going to see a pretty good receiver this week in Isaiah Williams. He had a, he had a very nice year for Illinois last year. He's off to a pretty good start this year, and I think that if they if he's going to catch the ball, he's going to have to go through one of those two. And I'm just curious, we're talking about Illinois and Altmeyer and how dangerous he's been. What happens if Penn State takes away his top target? Like, what is that going to, what is the, what will the Illinois passing game look like if Kalen and or Johnny kind of just kind of lock in on him and take him away? Because I, I don't think Isaiah's been tested in the first two games. And I just feel pretty strongly that, that Penn State's corners are really looking forward to this matchup because they've been a little bit bored. He doesn't have a pass defense this year. They haven't even, what is he throwing out one time? If Kalen King slash Johnny Dixon takes away Isaiah for, for Illinois, then their passing game is going to be pretty bad. And Altmaier's, like I mentioned earlier, is going to be running for his life. Now, the, the, the flip side is we just talked about how important the defensive line is going to be for Penn State this weekend. If they're not able to get home or if they're not able to bring down Altmaier in the pocket, if he's able to extend plays, it's hard for any corner, even if you're Kalen King, and Johnny Dixon to stay with a man for, you know, so long. Uh, And so that's really kind of where if you're Illinois, you can maybe again, make this thing interesting. Uh, Yeah. It's a, it's a 14 point spread for a reason, Bob. But yeah, this will be the first, the first quasi test uh, for Kalen King and Johnny Dixon. It's, you know, it's not Marvin Harrison jr. It's not a Mecca from, from Ohio state. Uh, And, and you look past, 
you know, Illinois here. I mean, <laughs> Iowa's not going to test you with receivers. I mean, they've got a couple of nice tight ends. Northwestern's not going to test you. you UMass, know. maybe UMass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe UMass. UMass ain't going to test you. So this is really like the, the, yeah, the first and maybe the only test until the Ohio State game from a receiver standpoint. Uh, not talking about, not, not you know, knocking Luke Lachey or Eric All, the tight ends from Iowa, because they're pretty good. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to actually maybe see Kalen King get thrown at uh, and, and, and have him have an opportunity to make a play on the ball. This, we're talking about a corner who had 18 pass breakups last year. Uh, it was second most in the FBS. And a lot of that, too, was you know teams looking away from Joey Porter Jr. And so Kalen got a lot of work. Uh, I don't know if that was maybe the right strategy for teams, given how good Kalen is. I mean, they're both very good. Uh, so it might be a Johnny Dixon uh, trial that this weekend, and and you know he might be tested, and so we'll see we'll see how he holds up if that's the case, or you know Chop Robinson and Disa Isaac deny Dennis Sutton just decide to get to Altmaier for ten times combined and don't even let the dude throw, then maybe they won't be tested. Who knows? You know, we'll we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, I just I just remember last year. I mean, it's not the same. It's not the same, but it was week three last year when the Penn State defense started to really show its fangs at Auburn. You mentioned Chop, the whole, the whole Adisa Isaac, you know, Abdul Carter, all those guys, every one of those guys, Johnny Dixon, they, they all, they all came to play. You know, Auburn couldn't really throw the ball. They had two really good running backs, but that was a tough, that was a tough test, no matter what anyone else says. And I, I just wonder if maybe you open against West Virginia, it's the first game of the year. Everyone's running around at 200 miles an hour, and they're, they're just playing a little bit too fast. They didn't settle down, and they let that, that West Virginia quarterback out of the pocket a couple of times. But, you know, they re- that, that offense only really scored once until Penn State's reserves are in. Except for one play, Delaware didn't do anything. You just wonder – I mean, I don't, I'm pretty sure we haven't seen the best by far from Penn State's defense, but it's also – you want to kind of peak at the right time, right? It's, they, I don't think they've done anything wrong. I just think that there's another level they can get to. And I think Illinois is a game that probably has their attention. Curtis Jacobs remembers the Illinois game from two years ago. I'm sure you could share that with his teammates. Kalen King was on that team as well. So we're starting to see some games that are going to have their attention. Just like that, the Iowa game next week at home. It's a, we could talk. That's a whole different podcast. But that's another game that I guarantee you there's a lot of people at Penn State are looking forward to that game for for something that happened, I think, two years ago as well. But Johnny, I think this is a this is an interesting opener. We didn't even we buried the lead from James Franklin. This I think is their eighth straight year where they open on the road in the Big Ten, and uh, at least they had two. They have two games under their belt, and I don't know. I don't really know that the, the road atmosphere is going to affect Penn State in this one. Um, and I, I think this team is really actually kind of looking forward to getting started in Big Ten play. Yeah, absolutely. And look, just just one final point that I wanted to make as we kind of put a bow on on looking ahead to Illinois. Uh, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. Just a quick thing about the special teams. <laughs> Alex Falcons, Sanders Sahadak uh, didn't attempt a field goal against Delaware. It was almost like there, there were a couple of times, Bob, where we're sitting in the press box and we thought that, okay, there, you know, here, here comes perfect chance to do it. Here comes a chance, you know, for Falcons to make a 37 yard or whatever it would have been. And it was almost like James you know, went out of his way to not try a field goal, uh, you know, going forward onto fourth downs against Delaware. And, and they got them easily because it's Delaware. But 
Uh, I, I was kind of surprised that they didn't try to get their field goal kickers a little work last week, you know, from from distance. Uh, and again, first road game of the season. We'll see if that affects anything for those two guys. Who ends up uh, starting the game as a field goal kicker? Again, neither of us think you know Penn State is in real danger of losing this game going into it. But again, you know, special teams. We, we've seen weirder things happen with special teams, and the, the unit overall has been pretty sloppy to start the year. Uh, and so, you know, they'll have to tighten things up as they enter uh, Big Ten play. Penn State, Illinois, Champaign, new kick or 11 a.m. if you're going to be out in the middle of the country. Johnny McGonigal and myself will be out there to give you guys all the updates, all the news, and all the analysis on Penn State's Big Ten opener once again on the road for the eighth consecutive year. Johnny, looking forward to seeing you in another state. Uh, So, uh, well, you know, uh, Friday's going to be here. So Penn State fans, it's a, they're, they're two touchdown favorites. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, I mean, I don't know how you can be upset with how Penn State is, is has looked through two games. And Illinois certainly has some warts. But that was the case in 2021. So we'll see. Johnny, good talking to you again. And uh, let's just get through this week and we'll get on the road to Champaign, man. Let's do it. Looking forward to seeing you at the airport on Friday, Bob. <laughs> This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.